Hello friends, Pastor Jason here. I want to talk to you on this podcast about your thinking. And I want to talk to you about a different term that you probably haven't heard before, but it's called metacognition, or the idea of thinking about what you're thinking. So this was so important in the scripture that the Apostle Paul wrote this in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5. He said, casting down imaginations and everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. And he says every thought. Now, I wish the Apostle Paul would have just said some thoughts. I wish the Apostle Paul would have just said a few of your thoughts. But the Apostle Paul didn't say some or a few. He said every thought in the captivity of Christ. Now, it was so important. Remember what First and Second Corinthians was? It was written to the church that kept falling into the things of the flesh, or they kept sinning again and again. They were given over to lustful things, lasciviousness, drunkenness, rivalries, and the Apostle Paul rebuked them in First and Second Corinthians. So part of the Christian life, learning to live holy and righteous before God, is to use this thing called metacognition. So Paul says, think about what you're thinking and bring every thought, every single thought in the captivity of Christ. We're to do that as Christian believers. How do we do that? What's that look like? Well, Dr. Caroline Leaf wrote a wonderful book called Think, Learn, and Succeed. And it is it is a self-help book. It's kind of a, a heavy book about thinking about what you're thinking. But she does use a lot of things in there that I think are helpful. She uses a lot of illustrations because it's, it's really hard. You know, they can't look inside your mind with the brain scan and see your thoughts. They can kind of see some impulses, some firing, and they can see parts of the brains that have blood flow and more blood flow and less. But they, you know, there's no, you can't take a picture of your thoughts. So she's come up with some wonderful illustrations of your thoughts and how to do that and how to take this thing into the obedience of Christ, as the Apostle Paul said. She calls it the surfboard. And so when a a thought comes into your mind, you know, you think about something, a situation, you know, say something bad happens to you and you bring it into your mind and all of a sudden it's either a positive or a negative. And there are negative situations and it's not, I can't hardly stand to hear people say, well, it's mind over matter. If you don't mind, it don't matter. Well, that's just silly. That's lying to yourself. That's actually doing more damage than good. You know, saying, well, it didn't hurt me and it don't really matter. Well, it does matter. It did hurt you. That's part of it is we need to be realistic and truthful and we need to be real with ourselves. But she uses this idea. Caroline Leaf uses the idea that when it comes into your mind, it's like a surfboard. Your brain is automatically uploading information to your mind about every 10 seconds. And so it's either positive or it's a negative. And even though it can be a negative situation, even though something bad can happen to you, it's one thing to have something bad happen to you. It's another thing to perceive everything as bad. Something bad happens to you, it comes into your mind, and she says, use it like the surfboard. Keep reframing that. You know, you can use the Word of God to reframe your thoughts until you come to truth. You know, because something bad happened to me, because I'm walking down the street and I'm bit by a dog, doesn't mean, oh my goodness, I've done something wrong. You know, God must be judging me. I'm a bad person. You see, it's, that's not right. That's not a right way of thinking. I see this happening a lot in the lives of addicts and alcoholics, recovering in the church, you know, several that I've met with throughout the last 15 years. And they kind of have an idea of it's two steps forward and six steps back. Or, you know, if something good happens, then I'm just waiting on the other foot to fall. That's really 
negative thinking. We can call it addictive thinking. We can call it being a dry drunk, whatever you want to call it. But it's really never learning how to see things in the positive light of things. And the Bible says, so a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So a man or a woman, if they think he's no good, if he's bad, then then that's what you'll act like. That's what you'll be. You know, the goal of the Christian life is not to try to be a dirty, rotten scallywag, but the goal of the Christian life is to become a child of God that's fearfully and wonderfully made, that is not just a servant, but a son or a daughter. We're not just here in this Christian life, work, work, work all the time so we can gain God's love. That's a horrible way to think, but we are a son. We are a daughter, that we are made in the image of him. We're fearfully and wonderfully made. I mean, just saying that makes me feel better. And so I think in my heart, so am I. It's not try harder to do more, try harder to be better, but it's accept who he says you are. And once you believe who you are, once you get it to the core of your beliefs, which is even deeper than you're thinking, once you get it deep into your values, you're a child of the king, all of a sudden you become more thoughtful, you become more positive, you become more uplifting, you become more to be able to be used in his kingdom. And that's really the goal of the Christian life. Caroline Leaf brings this into idea that when you have a thought, you're walking down the street, say you, you get bit by a dog, something happens to you. It's not know that you're a horrible person, know that you did something wrong. No, this is life. These are things that happen. But how can I learn from this? Instead of seeing it as a negative thing. Now, she doesn't even use the dog biting story. I'm using it as an illustration. But we can reframe that to where, you know what? I do need to learn from this. You know, I do need to be careful about this. I need to watch where I walk. You know, and God's allowing me to learn through this. And that that's just a silly illustration, maybe. But it is a different way to think about it. And, you know, there's much more deeper things than getting bit by a dog. There's things that's happening of a sexual abuse nature that, you know, a lot of people have dealt with. You know, they say that 40%, the studies say that 40% of women have been sexually abused or molested. You know, that's four out of 10. And that's just the people that's reported. I believe it's much higher than that, but those are the people that report it. You know, the devil's been working for a long time on our perceptions. The devil's been working a long time trying to destroy our mind process because he knows that if we see things in a positive light, then we'll be more free to be what God's called us to be. And so the goal of life is to learn to think better, to learn to be better. And I know no one wants to hear it. You know, there's so much said in this topic of self-help and self-discussion. But you know, as Christians, we are to be different than the world. We should be able to take something into a positive light. Let the word of God be a light into your path, a lamp into your feet. Why? So we won't stumble. So we won't fall. So even when things that happen to us are negative, we can still not stumble, not fall, because we have the word of God, the light, the lamp into our feet. The apostle Paul also said this to the Philippian church. You know, Philippians was written to a church. There's not one rebuke or reproof in that. It's a total book of encouragement. So the Philippian church did a pretty good job. You know, they got an A on their report card, the way he wrote the book to them anyway, it seems like. So, but Philippians 4, 8 says this, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, Whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of a good report, if there be any virtue, and if there be any praise, thank 
on these things. He said it's so important. Paul says, I want you to think on these things. Now, it's interesting because we know that Paul spent a lot of time in prison. A lot of the letters that was written was when Paul was in prison. But he's still saying in prison. Now, these weren't prisons like we had today with cable TV, the cleanliness, the air conditioning, the heat. These were rotten, stinky, dungeonous prisons, awful places. You know, they were treat. They weren't treated like human beings. They were treated like animals. And he says, but whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, think on these things. Now that ought to be a challenge if there's any challenge in the word of God. You know, Dr. Caroline Leaf wrote in her book that we're actually damaging our brain when we continue to think negatively. We continue to basically abuse ourselves in this negative thought pattern that, oh my goodness, I'm never going to get through this. Oh my goodness, I can't believe this is happening to me. Oh my goodness, I must have done something wrong. Hey, this is a whole different way of thinking. This Christian life is, should be a whole different way of thinking. I know it's difficult. It's not easy. But Dr. Carolyn Leaf also wrote in her book that it only takes around 40 days to change a habit. So it's not like we have to do this all of our life. This is this exhausting task of having to try to think positive and, you know, God's requiringness of us and it's just impossible. You know, that. wow, that makes me feel tired and horrible just thinking that way. So don't think that way. It is 40 days that it takes to break a habit. You know, a lot of drug and alcohol treatment centers have now went from not just being a month program and not just being a 60-day program or 120-day program, but now a lot of them have went to a year commitment to these treatment centers. Teen Challenges went to be that way. There's a treatment center that's a church treatment center that was started over in Branson, Missouri that went that way. There's a Southern Baptist treatment center over in Georgia that went that way. They said, don't really come unless you plan on giving it at least a year in this program because they know this concept. That we need to continually break this habit and instead of just send them to a treatment center and then send them home, they're actually taking them to a treatment center, going through drug and alcohol treatment, and then putting them in the workforce and the workplace and giving them jobs to do and things like that. Because they've learned that the longer we can stay clean, the longer they can stay clean, the longer they can think more positively and deal with life, then the more of a hope they got. They're kind of building their faith. They're building their ability to see life and do life and be more positive and not turn to those drugs or turn to that alcohol, not give up and throw in the towel and just give in to the flesh. This idea of thinking is so important to us. We just really need to think about the scriptures. Think about the things of God. Think about the positive thing. Paul says, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, don't think about the unjust of the world. I hear people say, well, the world's not fair. You know, it's just, there's nothing you can do. You know, we're just kind of going to have to deal with it. We're just going to kind of be inflicted. The government, they want to just take everything and do that. We shouldn't think that way. We've got to be careful because that'll creep down from our thoughts, down into our soul, and even can be down in our spirit. We can have a downcast spirit, just a down, depressed mood. You know, if we change this thing, I believe depression would be helped. I believe anxiety would be helped. I believe that sinful behaviors would be corrected. And it starts in our thoughts, our behaviors is where that comes from. Now, I got to talk just for a second because of the core of the person. I've heard people say that if you get your thoughts right, your behavior is always right. Well, simple way to look at things. It's a little deeper than that because see, that's why we need the Lord so bad. If it was just as simple as thinking better, we could just be better people and have a better life and produce better and be a better Christian, if you will. We wouldn't need God at all. But deeper than our thoughts is the core of the person, which then is our values, which then is who we are. 
And that's why we have to address salvation first. We have to know that Jesus Christ died for our sins, that he died on a cross, and that he died for us, and that he wants to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now we have a foundation. We have those values. We have the right perception. And then out from that, on top of that comes our thoughts. And then on top of that becomes our behavior. It's like we don't build from the thoughts down. We build from the heart up. And that's that's what I want to say is that our values are deeper than our thoughts. But some of us really do want to live a life for Christ. Some of us really do. I don't know anybody that really wants to continue having a chaotic lifestyle. I don't really know anybody that I've ever met that really wants to keep going to jail, that really wants to keep suffering these consequences. But you know, I know Christians that struggle with some of those same things. They just can't seem to get their thoughts right. It's like toxic thinking and then become toxic actions. We need to take this thing very seriously of how we think about things. Friends, I have discovered this in my personal life. When I start thinking better about whether it's a positive thought or a negative thought, I try to think about situations most of the time and I fall back into the trap. The old devil, old slothfoot, he's sharp. He'll get you to fall back into negative thinking. But I'm trying to do better on the things that come into my mind. Me and my wife have experienced victory in these areas to where not everything has to be bad. We want to, our things to be more positive and to where we have a healthy mind, a healthy brain. You know that our brains have what they call neuroelasticity, and that simply means the ability to be able to change. We can actually change our brains. You know, the medical model says you're stuck with the brain that you have. There's nothing you can really do about it. You're just kind of stuck, and these are the chemicals that you get. You know, this is what comes out of your brain. You know, you can exercise, you can eat better, but still, you're kind of just stuck. You either have a good mind or you have a bad mind. And I'm sorry to be so simplistic with that, but really the medical model, there isn't much hope outside of medication. But see, I don't believe in the medical model. Even now, many psychologists are moving away. They don't believe in just a medical model. You know, they believe that you can actually change. They're seeing now with brain scans, people that had activities of the brain from depression, activities of the brain from severe trauma that are actually beginning to heal themselves. You know, God knew what he was doing when he made it. And he made our brains in a way to where they can be changed. We're not stuck with who we were. Thank God. We're not stuck with who we were, but we are going to be what God wants us to be. We don't just become into being and just have to exist and deal with it. But no, I'm not against medications, friends, but we are not stuck being a scallywag. We're not stuck being a thief. We're not stuck being a liar. We're also not stuck with depression or bipolar. You know, I've never met a drug addict around alcoholic that wasn't bipolar. I mean, they all fit the category. You open up the DSM-5 and look at depressive disorder. You look at bipolar disorder. I go, huh? Boy, that sounds like a lot of people I know. But one thing that's in common is they're still having trouble with drugs and alcohol. Wow. They have major swings up and major swings down. I mean, this is a whole idea that's come into where people say, well, I've got a diagnosis and there's really nothing I can do. Hey, let me tell you something about God. God never mentions one time in the Bible, all these labels that we've given people. They're just this way. They're just mentally ill. You know what he calls them? He calls them people that are fearfully and wonderfully made. And friends, we've all got junk. We've all got stuff. And if you've never been labeled with none of that, praise God for you. And I'm glad for you. But there's a lot of people, the devil's worked real hard to label people and put them in categories to say, oh, there's nothing you can do. 
you've got a bad brain, you've got bad genes. That's not true. The Bible says that it's level at the foot of the cross. You know, God is an equal opportunity God. He doesn't gift some and not gift others. And he gifts all, gifts all with the gift of salvation and also the gift to be able to overcome the sinful life, to be able to overcome this way of negative thinking and negative thoughts and horrible consequences. God doesn't want to see his children under the curse, but God wants to see his children under the blessing. That's the goal of God. The goal of God is to see you change. Salvation doesn't just mean to be saved, but salvation, the word for salvation is sozo. And that word sozo is to be made whole. God went to a cross so that you may be made whole, completely, peacefully, wonderfully made to be able to be blessed. Friends, I hope this word's been good to you. I hope you've enjoyed this topic. There's so much more that can be discussed on this, but for now, God bless.